know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. I'm so grateful that you guys are, are listening today. I'm hoping that today will be a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation. Um, I know in studying this and, and looking over uh, some of these scriptures, you know, I'm uh, encouraged to be who God has called for me to be because I play a special part within the body of Christ. We all do. There are no bench warmers uh, in the kingdom of God that we have all been given a ministry. We have been all called to do something. And, you know, it, it may look different from how another person is gifted or is called but we are called uh, by God to be a part of this body, the body of Christ, for a reason. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But first, make sure you email us if you have any comments or any questions. You can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. Uh, we will try to answer the emails. We answered a whole bunch of them over this past uh week, maybe a couple of days ago. And, uh, and so we really try to do that. We try to also, uh, answer our inbox, um, on Facebook. So if you comment there or send us a message, an inbox me- message on Facebook, we try to, we try to answer those two as, as best we can. So you can follow us on uh, Facebook. Uh, just search for airing the Addison's and also on YouTube. If you want to see the broadcast live, you can do that. Um, and so make sure you go there and follow us and subscribe to the YouTube page. The Marriage Family Life Conference is happening July 7th to the 9th. We're getting close. We're getting close. But you can still register at marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net. Uh, registration for the conference will be closing on May 15th. So make sure that you register today. Make sure you register today or, or really soon. May 15th, we'll be closing the registration. Also, make sure you visit our By Design Facebook page and also the web page for By Design. That's afa.net slash by design. Well, today, I want to, like I said, give a, a word of encouragement. Hopefully, it would encourage, it would challenge um, in, you know, just being who God has called for you to be being who God has called for you to be. So I titled this The Impact Team, The Impact Team. And so uh, there's a particular reason I'm going to get into that, what The Impact Team was. I'm not sure if it it still exists, um, but 
I'm going to explain what that was. And then I'm also kind of relate that to uh, some scripture and how uh, God used uh, certain people in different aspects of the kingdom of God to do certain things and that we have been gifted for his glory and for the good of the body. You know, it's not just so that we can shine. <laughs> that's not the that's not the the picture we get from the scripture, but it's for the common good that God gives gifts to his his people. And so uh, just to get into the impact team. So after I graduated uh, from college, I spent a couple years in training to be a campus missionary. Uh, the ministry that I was serving with is called Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship. And Chi Alpha uh, is the outreach arm of the Assemblies of God. To, the, to secular universities and colleges. And so while I was a student, uh, I was involved with this group. Um, as a matter of fact, it, it's funny because when I first got to college, um, the college I went to, I didn't really know about campus ministries. I was a Christian. I was on campus. And I didn't know, and I lived on campus. I was about an hour and 15 minutes away from home. So I, I stayed on campus but I didn't really know anything about campus ministries. I had never heard of campus ministries. But when I got to college, I did what I thought Christians do. You know, I said, man, I don't really know about any other Christians. So I'm going to start a prayer meeting. <laughs> and that's what I did. I started a prayer meeting uh, in the dorms. And um, it was after a while, after I got to know some people and things like that. But before I started that prayer meeting, I found myself you know, going around campus and seeing different, you know, BSU. And I was like, what is that? You know, the Wesley Center. And they had the uh, the Catholic uh, Student Center. And it's funny because I went, the Catholic Student Center, it was a nice building that they had on campus. And I went in there and I, I talked to someone. You know, I'm not Catholic, but I, I went in and I talked to someone. I said, hey. I would like to start a Bible study. Would you guys mind if I can like have my Bible study here? And they had a lot of different rooms and they let me do it. I started a Bible study. I was a freshman in college and they let me uh, have one of the rooms at a certain time. And I had a Bible study <laughs> in the Catholic student center. That's pretty funny. But I, I, then I, I kind of went over after a while to the Baptist student union had a, they, have a, they had a very good group there, but it still wasn't what I would really, I, I guess, identify with my background. Um, so eventually I got involved in the group Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, and that's where I spent the rest of my college career for as in ministry through that organization. But after I graduated from uh, college, I went to UL Lafayette where they had a, a – a program for campus missionaries in training because I felt a call from God in my senior year to continue on with campus ministry. And it was, it was just so funny because I had, that was nowhere on my radar. You know, I didn't think I was going to be doing that. I was like, man, be a missionary, man. I'm not going to make any money. You know, I was thinking like, wow, God, are you calling me to do this for real? I got to raise a budget. So I had to, like, ask people, you know, to to give to me, to fund my missionary work. So I'm, I'm graduated from college, but I had to ask people 
you know, if they would give towards me being a campus missionary. It was just, I just, that was not on my radar. That's not what I thought I was going to be doing. But I spent two years of training, uh, training to be a campus missionary at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette. And then I served two more years on staff at that same uh, ministry as a campus missionary on staff. But during this time, I was tasked to head up a new part of the ministry that was created and was called the impact team. So at that local um, Chi Alpha group on the University of Louisiana Lafayette, it had been there for years. They had, you know, they have a great campus pastor. And, you know, he raised up many, many students, student leaders, and done a lot of great things. So, but they was wanting to start a thing called the impact team. This was the first time they had done that. And they asked me to lead it. So what is the impact team? I'll get to that. So the way the ministry was set up, um, a lot was done through student leaders. So on campus and on in this particular campus ministry, there were student leaders. These were students who were going to school at at the university, but they were part of Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship, and they were student leaders. They had went through certain classes and showed maturity to be student leaders. So this campus ministry relied a lot on student leaders. Student leaders would lead Bible studies in their dorms. Um, they would sometimes help in constructing Bible studies. They uh, were all hands on deck. They were all, the all hands on deck group for all the events done by the ministry to make sure that visitors would feel welcome. Uh, they were also tasked uh, with being disciples themselves and making disciples. These were the student leaders. Uh, it was understood of the student leaders that by the time uh, they were juniors or seniors, uh, that they had would have multiplied themselves a few times, but upon graduating, when it was time to graduate, they would have at least two people who would be uh, ready to replace them as student leaders. So these student leaders had to find people that they saw that were faithful, available, they were teachable, and they were learning, and they were growing, and they would replace themselves. After they left, there would be two more that will come and be student leaders in their stead. And so this is how the ministry functioned. It was great. It was great. It was a great thing. Uh, there were a lot of responsibilities placed on student leaders uh, in addition to their schoolwork. So think about this. They're doing ministry on campus, but they also have school. So sometimes that would get overwhelming. They, they're trying to have good grades and do things, but there was a lot of responsibilities as far as uh, Bible studies and meeting with folks. They would do one-on-one -on -one meetings. It, it was a lot. But they did a great job. So this was a great experience for me. Uh, I was a student leader when I was uh, in college, but also being able to work as a campus missionary with the new student leaders, with the ones who were um, students at that time. It was just a great experience. I would have to say that campus ministry for me was uh, one of the areas where I feel like I grew a lot in my walk with God because I was away from home. I was away from my church home and I had to really live it. I had to really live it. There were there were not those many that that many support systems. You know, I, yeah, I found a local church to attend and you know, eventually I got a I, I was a part of a campus ministry, 
But man, this was, you had to live it. This is my first time really being away and living it. So it was a very impactful time for me. So what was the impact team? Well, the, mini- the ministry leaders, they recognized that there were some students that did not have the confidence or even the ability to lead Bible studies in the dorms or to do some of the other out front things, right? So they didn't have they didn't have the confidence at the time or maybe the ability to do so. But they were still leaders. They still had things that they could do, but it was just things that were behind the scenes, right? So the impact team consisted of students like this. Oh man. It was a joy. It was a joy to serve with them. <laughs> it was a joy to serve with them. They were recognized as leaders, but their giftings were a little bit different from the people who stood up on the podium and, and made announcements. And, you know, they were the out front people, the, the jokesters, the, you know, ones that were the, the, the life of the party. You know, um, they were different. They were kind of behind the scenes and they were more quiet. And so they asked me. Really, they gave me the task. They didn't really ask me, like, Will, we want you to lead this new thing that we're doing called the Impact Team. Wow, what an honor. And I counted it as an honor to be leading this new ministry. It was about 20 students, as I remember, within the larger group. So this group consisted of maybe 15 to 20 students. And uh, These were the students that maybe didn't say much. They, they weren't outgoing. Um, their personalities were more introverted, right? But they were solid. They were solid. They were dependable. They were dependable. They had servants' hearts, right? They were not caught up in the title of being a student leader. Most of them, they didn't really care about that. These were the set up and break down folks. You know those folks? Y'all have them in church. Y'all have them different places. These were those folks. To make sure that the evangelistic lunch had lemonade and tea that that was ready. It was those type of folks, right? Make sure the tables were wiped down after the event. You know, make sure that the mics and the the speakers and all those things were, were ready to go when a worship team came up to do things. The impact team. The Impact Team. I'm going to talk more about the Impact Team when we come back. This is Aaron Addison's Wednesdays with Will. I'll be back right after this. Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. And today I'm talking about the impact team. And so I was kind of given a, a little history of my background in campus ministry um, and how at a particular university, University of Louisiana Lafayette, the leadership there asked me to head up this new project at the time. I'm not sure if they still have the impact team. I'm not sure. But 
that I was um, to head up the impact team. It was a new thing at the time. Um, and these consisted of leaders, student leaders uh, within the ministry, uh, but they had a more behind-the-scene the type gifting. You know, so they, 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 they weren't really out front people. Uh, they did a lot of things. Some of them were like IT people, honestly. Like they ran the PowerPoint and stuff like that. They made sure, you know, the graphics were up, you know, uh, set up for the microphones and the speakers and all that stuff. The things that, that a lot of people don't really think about, it has to happen. And if it does not happen, then we don't have an event. <laughs> Those people. But they were, man, uh, man, they had a great servant's heart. And the Lord really used the impact team. So I, w- I was speaking about who they were. So they had a servant's heart. Uh, they were not caught up in the titles um, uh, to be a student leader, even though they were student leaders. And someone uh, made a comment uh, saying, well, they, they didn't talk much. So Miki must not have been a part of that uh, team. No, she was not. She wasn't. <laughs> she wasn't part of the impact team. You know, she was a student leader, but she wasn't part of the impact team. Uh, these uh, were the setup and the breakdown folks uh, to make sure at the evangelistic lunch there was lemonade and tea in the cups. Those folks. Uh, these were to make sure the tables were wiped down after the meal folks. Uh, these were to break down all the audio equipment that we had to transport uh, to the school uh, ballroom, the school's ballroom for the main worship meeting and put each item back in the storage folks every week, every week, multiple times a week. So in a nutshell, they were the ones that if we if they didn't do their job, it was noticed. <laughs> uh, I can't speak tonight. There's no microphone. You know, so that, that it was noticeable. But this was the impact team. So I went to work, man. I was, man, look, this was an assignment. There was a couple assignments that I had when I was a campus minister that I really, 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 really enjoyed. One was I was the one who was over most of the evan- evangelistic outreaches uh, for our ministry. So I put on, like, Christian rap concerts. <laughs> I, I put on, man, I, I did all kind of stuff. We, Man, we did prayer walks and prayer in the quad. Man, we had a uh, contact table where we have a question of the day. And P- as students were walking down, you know, the street, we'll say, hey, w- want to ask answer our question and it would lead into conversations about God. So that was me. Like, I love that. But I also, man, this impact team would, would be number two. That was something that I, I was pumped about. So I went to work, man. And the first thing the Holy Spirit placed on my heart was to have a weekly meeting with this group to encourage them. And, and it's funny because some of these who were in the impact team, they went on to be student leaders in the cal- under the caliber of like speaking and, and doing different Bible studies. They, they went on to do that. Some of them did, but some of them remain uh, impact team leaders. So the Lord really put on my heart to, to, to meet with them on a weekly basis, right, to encourage them. And the Lord gave me Acts chapter 6 as the foundation of, of my encouragement to them. Acts chapter six. Uh, He took me to the first impact team, (laughs) the deacons uh, that were selected to serve the food. And I was to impress upon these students, the caliber of believer that these deacons were. So God took me to the screen. He's like, I want you to impress upon them. These deacons, 
that were selected by the apostles and how they were not second rate. They were not, you know, the backups. Like these men that were selected by the apostles through, through God, man, they were powerful. God really used them. So in Acts chapter 6, and it's a very, very familiar scripture, it says, Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily, in the, in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we have, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer, to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God kept on spreading, and the number of the disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. So we get the picture here. There's an issue that arises, and it has to be taken care of, right? This issue has to be taken care of. But the apostles, they're like, man, we need to continuously devote ourselves to the word and to prayer. We need to, look, select from among you seven men and it's amazing that these men were going to be pretty much waiting tables, serving food, right? So you would think, oh, you can go get somebody, you know, oh, Joe over there, you know, man, I need you to come help me serve some food. No, 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 no. There was certain standard, a certain standard that these men had to meet up to, right? So these men... They were full of the spirit. They had wisdom, full of faith. And it's amazing because a lot of times we put people in charge of things. A lot of times it's based on like talent, maybe ability. But these men had to have a good reputation. Now that would cancel out a lot of people, even from waiting the tables in the church a good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom. It wasn't just, oh, go get somebody from the congregation so they can help. No, these men were selected because of the wisdom that they had, being full of the spirit, having a good reputation. So one thing that, I, that the Lord had me to impress upon these students well, man, that these deacons, they were no scrubs, man. They were no, like, backup singers, you know. The apostles are the real Christians, and these are, like, the, the you know, the second-rate ones. It wasn't that. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. 
But these were men who were selected because they had a, a great reputation. They were full of the spirit and they had, they had wisdom and they had faith, full of faith. So I had, to, I had to impress upon these students that you guys have been selected for the impact team, not because, you know, you're second rate. And I don't think any of them felt that way. But, man, that they would meet up to the standard that God had for them. That, man, because you have a good reputation, we, you, we have vetted you guys. You are student leaders. And I think a lot of times in our churches today, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, man, we look at the people standing up on the podium. You know, the preachers, the ones who, you know, have a, a, a gift of speaking. Maybe the, the, the orators and the, 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 the singers, you know, the ones who are, able, who are able to do this and that. And it's out front. And we feel like, man, I'm not really anything because I can't do that. My, my, the, the gifting that I have maybe is ho- hospitality or, or maybe it's just, you know, who, who knows what it is. But because I'm not doing that, am I really making a difference? I want to encourage you today that God has made you how he has made you. He has called you to where you are with the giftings he's given you, whether they be out front or in the background, you are to use those gifts for his glory, for his glory. So they selected these men. One of the men we know was Stephen. One of the seven deacons and the first martyr. The Bible says, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. This is the deacon. This is one who was selected to serve the tables, to serve the widows. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including both uh, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some of the Sicilia and Asia rose up and argued with Stephen, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Wow. I have to pause here because a lot of times, even when we think about deacons in the church, man, sometimes when we think about deacons in the church, we think about shady dudes, like dudes, you know, man, they have like maybe children out of wedlock. <laughs> You know, you know, deacon so-and-so. Man, that's not the deacons that are talked about in the Bible. They're not greedy for money and trying to get over and all this, you know. But, I, man, I remember it being talked about how, man, those deacons, man, they're shady, man. They, they run a church. They're trying to get money. What? Look at Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, wisdom. And in the spirit that was on, the Holy Spirit that was in him. So these men were trying to argue with Stephen, but they were unable to cope with the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. That means that if you're a deacon, you should be rooted in the word as well. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the ministers, deacons. And I would even say if you're not a deacon, if you're just, you know, the normal everyday Christian, we need to be rooted in the word. But these deacons, Stephen, they couldn't they couldn't cope with him. They couldn't argue with him. Then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, the elders of the scribes, and they came up uh, to, to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't get with him, you know, in the wisdom that he had. 
So they said they, they made up some lies, and they, we know what happened. They brought him out to kill him, and they did. And then you move down to Philip, another one. <laughs> and the Bible says, therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. So you had the deacons and all these Christians, they went out. They were being persecuted, so they scattered, but they were taking the word with them. So Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. And the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was uh, said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. So you have another one performing signs and wonders. Like, so this is not a second rate dude. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Deacons. These were like ones who were selected to serve food. But they were no chumps, man. So the deacons today, if, you, if you're called in your church as a deacon, man, what standard are you under? Are you adhering to the word of God? I'm not saying you got to be doing signs and wonders and miracles, but man, this should not be seen as an office of just like, oh, well, you know, let's give him something to do. Let's make him a deacon. No, 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 no. Don't we know that Philip also had an encounter with the Ethiopian eunuch? The Bible says, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he went up, he, so he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a divine appointment that a deacon that was selected to wait on tables is having. So you can't tell me that we as Christians, that God can't lead us in the same way, that he hasn't set up divine appointments for us to meet with people. Now, it, you know, and some of the, the history of this situation, this encounter right here is the spreading of the gospel, even in Africa. Because of a deacon, because of a, a man that God uh, has selected as one that would serve, that would serve food. But God has used him in such a way. And man, the gospel has expanded in Africa because of his obedience. The impact team, <laughs> the impact team is not all about the celebrity Christian <laughs> or the person that can stand up and do this and say this. And man, that's great. That's a gift that God has given to the body. I'm not uh, downplaying that at all. We need that. But at the same time, we don't need to look at that and disregard the other people that God has made a part of this body. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'll be back right after this. 
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. Thank you so much for listening. And today we're talking about the impact team. And um, I just want to also say uh, thank you for those who listen on Wednesdays. I appreciate the, um, the comments and the emails, the encouragement. Uh, it's been all, pretty much a year since I started doing the, the Wednesdays with Will. I didn't know how long I would be doing it, um, but I appreciate all the the, the love and support. Um, and you know, a lot of people are saying it it, it gives a little different uh, vibe or, or feel to the show um, because it's a little different on Wednesday. And just like I'm talking about today, I can only be me, huh? <laughs> I can only be me. Um, and so we're talking about the impact team. Um, and I was mentioning how you had Stephen and you had Philip, uh, who were part of this group, these deacons, who were given a task to make sure that the food was being served equally. Um, and but it also gives us a picture, a, a, a view of them, that man God used them in powerful ways. That it wasn't a, a downgrade for them to to serve, serving should be what we all do. But a lot of times we have, you know, uh, uh, big eyes and little U's. And that's, that's, that's very sad that we have that, that going on, even within the church, within the body of Christ. And so the installation of these deacons were instrumental in the growth of the church. Like the church continued to grow because they addressed this issue Servants begin to, they served, and man, the gospel kept advancing. And one of the uh, deficiencies in the church is that we do not have a proper view of the body of Christ. Uh, this is something that's uh, it's not just here in America, but I will say because uh, we are so given to celebrity in this country, it finds fertile ground here that we don't esteem the body of Christ like we should. Now, God has always uh, intended that his people would operate in the context of family and that we are made up as a body. Uh, we still suffer from the I am of Paul <laughs> syndrome, I call it. I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. We'll look at that scripture. You know, whether that is because of the denomination that we're a part of or whether that's because of certain ministers and teachers we follow, we, uh, we gravitate in, how, in our humanity to the different camps. Or oh, I'm of this person. I listen to this person. Man, well, what does the Bible say about that? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, uh, now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am with Christ. And then Paul says, has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So he's like, man, we having these divisions, you know, and I look at them as denominational divisions. There may be those. There may be, you know, I listen to this certain speaker or preacher and, and these certain teachers. But man, Christ is not divided and we are not to be divided within the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4, we have Paul again. 
He said, and I, brothers and sisters, could could not speak to you as spiritual people, but only as fleshly, as to infants in Christ. (laughs) He said, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to consume it. But even now, you are not yet able. So this was an indictment upon the church here. It's like, man, I, you know, I, I, I want to give you more substance, but I couldn't do it because you're not ready. He says, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like ordinary people? For when one person says, so he says all of that. And then he gives the example of what he's talking about. He gives this example as uh, a show of fleshly ways of thinking. Consider this, y'all. So he says, for when one person says, I am with Paul and another, I am with Apollos. Are you not ordinary people? Wow. See, I don't think we think about this, man. We, we gravitate towards these camps. You know, whether, it, again, it's denominational or it's certain teachers and preachers, you know, I follow the Puritans. I look towards Martin Luther. I, John Kelvin. Like, when we do that type of stuff, man, look, Christ is preeminent. Now, these men may have done some great things. Praise God. But Paul said when we operate like that, we're acting like ordinary people. He goes on to say, what then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believe, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. Man, he's trying to give them the right perspective. He's like, look, y'all, stop tripping over who's teaching you and and how great they are as far as speaking and, and singing or whatever it may be. They say, man, they're nothing but servants. We all, we're, they're servants in, in, in which the gospel came through. But God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't, you know, appreciate these teachers and preachers. No, we appreciate them. But, man, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we can get to this celebrity type thing where we're, like, esteeming them so highly, and sometimes we don't even recognize it. You know, man, we appreciate God giving us this platform in which to speak uh, uh, on a daily basis. But Miki and I, we always say, man, we're family. We're family, and we try to conduct ourselves that way with the family of God. We are not celebrities at all. And if you meet us and see us and know us, you know that. But we're family. But I just want to continue what Apostle Paul was saying. He said, so then, neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are one. But each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field, God's building. That's the perspective that we should have. This is how we view the body. That's a proper view of the body. There's another scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 
Paul says, for we do not presume to rank or compare ourselves with some of those who commend themselves. But when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they have no understanding. So he said, man, to compare, you know, this preacher or this teacher with this uh, man, that's that's showing no understanding. Because you, you if you're receiving from this person and that person, praise be to God. He's the one that's causing that to happen. He is the one that's the author behind, you know, the, what's being given. It's God. But when we compare ourselves and say, oh, I'm of this denomination, you know, I'm this and I'm that. He said, man, we're acting as if we have no understanding. We do not have the proper understanding of the Bible when we view ourselves and others in this way. But also God, through Paul, gave us the proper perspective in Romans chapter 12, verse one through eight. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of himself than he ought to think. That's key. We are not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many parts in one body and all the body's parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ. Amen. And individually parts of one another. However, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them properly. If prophecy in proportion to one's faith, if service in the act of serving or the one who teaches in the act of teaching or the one who exhorts in the work of exhortation, the one who gives with generosity, the one who is in leadership with diligence, the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Look, he's showing here that the body is made up of different individuals. We have different parts to play. That's the beauty of it. That's the wisdom of God. We are all not the same. I'm, I'm coming to the end. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter 12. This is another one where it shows the beauty of God's wisdom. Now there are a variety of gifts. And it's talking about spiritual gifts here. And there are varieties of ministries, and the, but the same Lord. So you have gifts, we have ministries, different ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. These gifts are given and these ministries are given, not so that one can shine and say, look at me but it's for the common good of the body. See, we miss that. We miss that. Even with spiritual gifts, we miss that. With ministries and different functions, we miss that it's for the common good. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the, the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the, the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Works all these things giving them out individually, just as he wills, just as he wills. So it's for the common good. You are made like you are made. You are given the gift that you are, have been given for the common good. So if you, are, if you are an eye and you're not a mouth, you are supposed to be the one who see. <laughs> for just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though they are many, or one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one part, but many. We, got, we have to get this because sometimes we look down on certain things. We do, we do this. That's why this is in the scripture. It says that if the if the foot says, because I am not the, a hand, I am not part of the body. It is not for this reason any less part of the body. <laughs> and if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were a hearing, where would the sense of smell be? It seems funny, but think about it. We do this all the time. We exalt certain things and we put down other things. But now God has arranged the parts, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. When you have a disdain for how God has made you, that's a reflection of how you feel about God. He made you how he desired. And if they were all one part, where would the body be? But now there are many parts for one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those parts of the body which we consider less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our less presentable parts become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable parts have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that part which lacked. So that there may be no division in the body, no division in the body. But that the parts may have the same care for one another. If one part of the body suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If a part is honored, all rejoice with it. I have to stop here. I had more. But man, the point is, however God has made you, press into that. Be who God called you to be because the body depends upon it. We need you to be you, how God made you, how he desired. This is Aaron Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless. <laughs>